may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and... Right, nearly half time pal, your turn to get a ground round in, off you go No, you get this one in mate because I've got the beer sorted for later What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one, you know that's not how the ground round works Listen here bud how does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN. To get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five, that's www.beer52.com forward slash vftn. Sound pie with a pint then? You know I never say no. Twenty one and Cardiff City remain unbeaten after the first game of the year because it was postponed. A dusting of snow came down and wiped the game out in an interest of players' safety, which we weren't actually that mad about. Joining me to discuss Cardiff City as usual are Ben Price and Tom Phillips. Ben, how are you? Not too bad, mate, yourself? Yeah, not bad. Sunday scaries are settling in, though. Yeah, back to work tomorrow, yeah. isn't it? The blues are here in both ways, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good good little double entendre there. And Tom Phillips, how are you? How are things down west? Good, mate. Very good. Just getting settled in for the darts instead of oh, football. Yeah. Which is why and we're that... recording it at 5pm. Exactly, but that'll be over soon. So back to the disappointment of Cardiff then. Yeah, we've got that to look forward to next weekend. Uh, we've got quite a lot to talk about uh, this podcast because we... You know, Christmas and that. There was a few games over Christmas. We had the postponement yesterday. So, when was the first game that we haven't talked about? Was that Brentford? It was Brentford Boxing Day? Yes, it was. So let's send it all the way back to Boxing Day, Ben. Brentford. What did you think? Um, yeah, interesting. It was a game of like, for us, no real quality apart from Will Volks. Um, other than that, I thought first half we were superb, played really well, did just absolutely just nailed the job we were doing, nullified. Nullify Brentford to really nothing. And then second half, it went to shit in a spectacular fashion. It did, didn't it? Uh, was it Cancelo got a hat-trick and, I mean, we might as well have thrown the ball in the net for two of the he goals. He scored before um, before playing us on Boxing Day. He had scored one goal in 40 games. Yeah, it's depressing. And he it? got a hat-trick. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it was the first goal, which was essentially just a hit-and-hope volley over basically oh, over great shoulder. Goal. I don't think it was. I thought Smithy's basically made himself as small as possible in the net. Nah, that's a finish. That is because it's lobbed him. I really disagree. Bit. Oh, mate, I think it was a hell of a goal. I just thought like Smithy's was in the dead centre of the goal and went over his head, and he collapsed to about half his size and let it go over him. If he'd stood it's up the drop. straight, because yeah, but if he stood line. up straight, he would have got the ball. Nah, it's because he's off his line. It's dropped at the last second. It's Tom, you're like a goalie. this first. <laughs> yeah, no, so, no, so am I. <laughs> I, I I thought like I don't know I think it was more luck than judgment from Carnos to be honest 
And I think... his name Carlos. If I said his name wrong, I said Cancelo because I'm talking about Man City. Yeah, because Man City <laughs> on the TV didn't want to call him out. Yeah, no, it's fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> I drop in, just correct you. Um, I, thought, fine. I don't think he meant that. It was still a great goal, but I, I, I agree with Ben James. Really, I think I think Smithies could have done better. I think, I think that's the one goal he wise. shouldn't have done. That's the only one he couldn't really do anything about. The rest were poor yeah. from him. I thought all three. I think from what we come to expect from Smithies. I think all three were very poor goals for him to give away. I think like his shot stop is usually exemplary, and he he had an absolute mare for all three of them. Anyone feel like this is all my fault? It Quite went to think. shit as soon as I gave him like any praise. He's great. Yeah. We want to get rid of him. He's superb, best goalkeeper in the league. And then this bit of forms happened. I mean, he he seems to have gone. You know, he was brilliant up until a point, and then yeah, you said what you said, and he seems to have had a few goals where you think. Mm. He could have done a lot better than for those. I think, yeah, it's th- I think, do you know, before we were worried when we had Edridge in goal that it didn't fill the like kind of defence full of confidence. And then now I think it's reversed where our defend- defending hasn't been quite as good. So perhaps it hasn't filled Smithies full of confidence. And now he's a little bit skittish about anything that's coming mm. towards him. Because, you know, we're not quite as short of the back as we have been. And I think that might be rubbing off on him a little bit. Potentially. Tom, what did you think of the Brentford game overall? But you know, Ben said we, he thought we were excellent in the first half and then fell apart in the second half. Do you agree? I, I thought we did what we needed to do first half. I think, like, like you said, we cancelled Brentford out. But now, that's what, we, that's what we take as a kind of victory at home, isn't it? Cancelling a team out. We're, we're still not creating anything. It's like yeah. a, it shows what we, we've come to expect from Cardiff, really, isn't it? Like we're not, those are the games we should be winning if, if we hope to get anything from like any sort of promotion hopes. But, you know, playing Brentford at home now, we're hoping just to stick in there and be plucky and hope for the best. And that's kind of what happened first half, wasn't it? We stuck in there, we're plucky. And then that unbelievable goal from Vox. But apart from that, we created absolutely nothing all game. And I think that's the worrying sign. Yeah, I think it was quite telling in terms of a performance in the fact that our best chance was a goal from 65 yards. Um, we, we basically created nothing apart from Will Vox is speculative but ultimately accurate 65 yard, yard kind of screamer which um, as I put in the running order broke expected goals I think um, someone found a tweet basically saying that a shot from that area as it's seen as the shot from that area is a probability of less than 1% of going in um, but Will Vox did it because he's a miracle man Ben did you you know when he when he when he hit that were you like Will what are you doing or, or were you kind of confident that it was going in well he hit it and um it was sort of when the camera sort of panned over the um, into the box. I turned to the mister. I was like, with a mouthful of um, turkey and ham pie, this is in. This Delicious. is in. Then started choking on the ham, chicken pie, ham and turkey pie, and spat it everywhere as it went in. Lovely, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> this this fun few, a fun little nugget as well. My dog ate some of it before I could get it off the carpet. Oh, oh. This is needed. I must admit. <laughs> I mean, I should probably tell Will Vox that. Maybe you could send you you send him the bill for the cleaning. Um, I mean, we we scored two goals in that game against Brentford. Tom, the first one was a sixty-five yard effort from um, Will Vox. The second one was a eighteen-yard volley from Will Vox that took a deflection. We created nothing, didn't we? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> like I, I know it's expected goals, but like it, it came up as zero point one four, and we scored twice. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I just, I was just like, oh, that just sums it up. But it's like, in in a game where we finally had like 
a bit of luck go our way in terms of in front of goal. We conceded three from a player who doesn't score. And it's yeah. just like, oh, Christ, nothing's kind of falling our way at the moment. But we're not really making our own luck. We, we deserve nothing from that game. No. The, the two goals absolutely flattered us. And, you know, as, as disappointed as it... Just you can't go to half-time 1-0 up and then concede three in the second half at home. It's just... Well, we can. We can. Sorry, yeah, you should do a rephrase. <laughs> Sorry. But, yeah, it was just so disappointing. I thought, you know, perhaps it was going to go our way at half-time and we, it just completely unravelled within minutes. Yeah, it felt like as, as much as it was a 65-yard uh, speculative strike, you know, it was the kind of thing where actually that could, you know, right before halftime, 45 minutes, it, it could knock Brentford's confidence. But in, in reality, it just kind of riled them up a little bit, didn't it? And they came it out second half swinging. Because you sort of saw, how, do you see how, do you remember how they started the second half? Mm-hmm. All 10 players on the halfway line ready just go forward. And it's, the it, one I think that, it's something the they do quite a lot. But the one little thing we had from them was like we could put a bit of pressure on it and the chance to create something from that. It looked like it could have backfired. We sort of got the ball there. They looked a bit skittish. And we did absolutely nothing with it. And that sort of summed, if that summed us up more than anything, I think, that on Boxing Day. I think, that's, I think that's it. I've written here that Harris said we were excellent in the first half, but, but was it? And I think, Ben, you, you raised it at the start. And then, Tom, you, you kind of said what I was, was hoping to say, really. That we're kind of in the position now where we're saying excellent performances are when we kind of stimmy the other team and put, put the blockers on them playing. And that shouldn't be the way it is, should it? We, with the players we've got, you look at the starting lineup, you've got people like Wilson starting, you know, you've got Rolls and Bolts in the middle of the park who have some attacking intent to them. And instead, we're coming off the pitch going, oh, it's great that, that we, we could tell their chances for created absolutely nothing. It's, it's not what we want from a Garden City team, is it, Tom? No, not at all. And, and to be honest with you, yes, we, we kind of penned them in, but we were lucky that Brentford didn't turn up for the first half. Yeah. I, I didn't mean it was much them not turning up as us kind of getting our game plan across. Well, and Ivan Tomey didn't score, did he? And he's... 17, 18 goals already this season. Do you get an assist though? Yeah, true. Do you get an assist, but... But, you know, I think it just shows that we were so reliant on Moore as well as a way of just kind of holding the ball up and creating something out of nothing, getting us up the field another moment. When we come up against a team like Brentford without him, we really don't have a plan, plan B. No. It's like the the commentator's gone about the sort of set threat from set pieces. Part of the threat from set pieces, it's difficult for us to mark because you're either marking Morrison or Moore, and they'll stick a few men, which leaves, which is difficult to defend against. But the second you've lost Moore, everyone's on Morrison, and all of our set pieces still go to Morrison, and it was mm. just so easy to deal with. It wasn't even like a threat from set pieces; it was pants. Talking of threats from set pieces, we then play Wickham uh, a few days later. Um, I mean, I, I've written two things here in the Wickham recap. Uh, bad wasn't it and then the second point is like really bad in so many ways um, Tom I'll come to you first on this one worst performance of the season yeah yeah yeah. I any, think any so. positives to take from it I've got the fuck mob stats in front of me that we can talk through but any, any positives that you can take from the surface of that game could have been more for Wickham no it couldn't have been to be fair they, they got all they could out of it as well but I, I don't know just we didn't turn up we didn't you know we got injuries you know, the Benkovic, the player that everyone thought was going to come in and transform our side, immediately makes a mistake. And it's just, I don't know, just, it was just, uh, Harris got sent off. Is that, that, is that negative or positive? I don't know. But, positive But, I don't know, it's, it was just so drab, wasn't it? Like, watching the game, it's just, I was expecting it to be shit, and then it was shit. And then mm-hmm. I went to bed. It was just kind of like, <laughs> even when we're playing bottom of the league now, it's just, 
so drab, isn't it? So bad. And what were your thoughts? Just awful. It really, really was bad. Like Wickham were shite, like absolute mm. garbage. They like I don't mean I do mean disrespect. They they've got no place in this league. They they got very lucky to be up here. They're gonna go down. They're playing Eddie Bayak and Fenua and generally thinking he's an option in the championship in twenty twenty. It's just and we lost to them and we only got a goal back through a fluke. Yeah. I mean, it's just embarrassing. It's I I, I would take umbrage of the fact that you you, said, you know they're they're gonna go down. They're only four points off safety at the moment. They've already shown that they can push teams, and the fact they beat us says quite a lot. Maybe it's about us, but there are worse teams than us in this division. So, I, you know, I'm just trying to put some gloss on a really bad performance by us. Mate, they were so poor. They're they poor, bullied, but they, 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 they bullied pa- us, wasn't right? their path? Their pa- they, yeah, they did. They did exactly what they needed to. But Christ, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying like Ainsworth's tactics are slagging off or anything because like, he's got a he's limit. They're limited on what they can do. And they did it well. They did their job better than, they did, than we did ours, and they deservedly won. But you can't realistically I, think they're going to stay up, though, can you? Yeah, they can. I, I don't, I don't see off. why not. Yeah, four yeah, points off, and like still got us I to think, play. Yeah, they got to play us oh, again. Yeah, That's another three points. <laughs> but like, if you look at the teams above them, in reality, like Rotherham. I mean, Derby, I think, will escape things eventually. But Birmingham, Millwall, Coventry—they all seem to be in free fall. We're only a couple of results, really, from from being down there and catchable. If they keep, you know, if they get a couple more wins, I don't think we're going to be in a relegation battle. And I, I, I don't think that. And I think Wickham will go down. But stranger things have happened in the championship. Then stranger things have happened in the championship. Um, it would have to I've be got, a hell of an anomaly. Well, who knows? Who knows? There's, there's, they, they're halfway through the season. They're on fifteen points. At that rate, they're not going to stay up, are they? They jumped out. Like, to be fair, I genuinely thought, looking at the start of the season, I didn't think they'd actually get a win. I genuinely, the way they started, did not think they'd get a win. No, and I, I'm lo- I'm looking at the the kind of stats from that game. I mean, we, we had 16 shots there, 12 chances created, 14 to their 12, two big chances each. Their passes, I think, over the course of the game, they 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 made 115 accurate passes. So that's like. Less than a less than two passes a minute, <laughs> so they're getting the ball and they're either keeping hold of it or they're just hoofing it away or scoring twice. Or scoring yeah. twice. Um, I mean, let's. It was really bad. We created nothing apart from the goal we scored quite late on. I mean, Harry Wilson took a bit of a kick in, um, and I think we probably should have had a penalty. So things might have not. Oh, the penalty too. was Stonewall. It was quite funny. There was a few people. He went, he went in on his ankle. Yeah, they, they had a few bad challenges. They were very, very aggressive. Um, but um, yeah, the few people, people trying to yellow cards. <laughs> they should there should have been at least one red out of those as well. But um, I think so. just yeah, there are a few people trying to blame the referee, saying that the referees cost us three points. So even we without cost, penalty, we cost ourselves made. three points. Yeah, we did not deserve anything from that game. You can't blame a referee's performance when we were that bad. I think it it is kind of a parallels with the Swansea thing there, where there's a bad referee in decision. That should have gone our way, but it didn't mean that we should have won the game because of it. It might have given yeah. us more of a chance of winning that game, but really we deserved absolutely nothing from it. Um, let's talk about Benkovic. Um, ben, you, you mentioned him. Um, obviously, I think Nelson seems to be the kind of scapegoat for a lot of things that have been going wrong recently. Um, he obviously wasn't the one who came off. Morrison went off injured, which I think is a blow because Morrison is as much of an organiser as he is a good defender. He just makes, you know, keeps things ticking over. Benkovic came on and the first thing he did was 
duck away from a header and, and let them score. Um, what did you make of his performance beyond that? Because I think that's the one thing that everyone remembers. But he looked a bit shaky, but he, he grew into the game a little bit. Average. A couple, he, there was that one diag that Ben Turner would have been proud of. Um, yeah, but, he, it, but it's hard to slag him off too much. It's his debut and the whole squad was bad. But as far as debut goes, it wasn't one to give you like fill you of confidence thinking he found a superstar, was it? No. And it, does, it, does it make you think that there are reasons why he hasn't been playing? Um, yeah. I, th- I think it showed why he hasn't been playing. There was a lot of weaknesses. I know Nelson, even for the second goal, Nelson's probably, a, I'd say Nelson's the main person at fault, but even Benkovic could have got closer to his man. That mm-hmm. bloke's managed to find so much space between Nelson and Benkovic, and either one of them could have put a stop and put a bit more pressure to stop that second goal going in. Um, yeah, it's just, you can see why. I understand fans clamour for change, but now that's one of the decisions Harris has sort of done that's been justified, I think. Yeah, I, and that's the thing, right? I think a lot of people were clamouring for Benkovic to come in, but no one had seen him play. Now we've seen him play with a better handle on things. And it's, Tom, it, 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 does it make you worried now for the rest of the season? With Morrison injured, there seems to be no kind of um, time frame on his injury. We're, we're stuck now with Nelson, Bamber and Benkovic as kind of a, uh, options in the back three. Does, does that worry you? Because the way Harris is talking, which we'll come to in a bit about the transfer market, is that we're not exactly going to be rushing out to sign players. Are yeah, you worried? Yeah, a little bit. What I would say about that debut, though, is like that's a horrible way of coming in. Um, you know, oh, you're, not expe- you're not expecting to play. You're coming in halfway through a game as well. I think I'll judge him more after his full 90, first full 90 minutes um, as opposed to that. But like, yeah, as you're saying, going forward, we're looking... Our defensive options are sparse from both full-backs and centre-back, really. Like, with the injuries we've already had, and to be honest, the quality we've got coming from the bench... Defensively, we are looking extremely, extremely thin, and we really need to get people in because we're one injury away from a real, real crisis now of just not having enough to fill a bench. Mm. I think so. Yeah, it does worry me massively. Worry me. I um, think one person we've got coming back that um, I don't think we go into a late was Kieran Brown, who's done well for Livingston. Um, yeah, but he's I'd garbage. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah. I think he's all right. I, I think don't he's know. a decent player. I, I think, think it's just... Go on, Tom. I think it's just pinning our hopes on something again, isn't yeah. it? And hoping yeah, for the like, best. It's, it's think... clutching, but... He's been at the club. He was at the club, obviously. He was involved in the club at the start of last season. He was in the squads at all. He was training with the matchday squads at Reading away. Wasn't involved. He's made one appearance in the League Cup for us in two years. If he was... Any good. Like he's almost being overtaken now by Baggin. He's almost been overtaken by Harris and I know they're different positions in Sang in terms of who are our next players coming through. And I, I, I think, you know, if he comes back, yeah, we, he'll probably get played out of necessity, but I don't think he's any good. No, like I, I've seen him play once actually um, for Cardiff's under 23s against Wealdstone. I went to that pre season and Cardiff lost 4 0 and he just looked completely at sorts, really. Like, I, I don't know. I know that was a, that was a while ago. It was a couple of years ago, but I just wasn't convinced then. He was a big unit and put himself about a bit, but it didn't seem like he had much quality about him. I must admit. But and it, when you end the sentence with coming back from Livingston, yeah, there's that. It, I know, it just it really really doesn't kind of fully full of confidence, does it? No, and he's, he's all, all there's Aiden Flint, all there's Aiden Flint boys. 
Well, gee, I mean, I mean, let's look. Let, we, can, we can talk transfer window coming up. Let's let's briefly touch on Rotherham before we 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 move on to the, the kind of transfer window and, and Neil Harris and everything else. Um, Rotherham postponed. I was just quite glad it was postponed for weather reasons, not COVID reasons. Um, Tom, did you think we would have won? Yes, because every time that people start calling for Harris's head, he does something. Perhaps this was the something again. It postponed, but he does something <laughs> to kind of stretch it out a bit more, doesn't he? And kind of dampen the kind of calls for him to, to be sacked. So I think we probably would have got a result here just to kind of really wind our fans up for a few more months. <laughs> um, ben, do you think if, if we had lost, would that have been it for Harris? Yeah, I think so. I think we, with a week between fixtures and an FA Cup game that you're not really fans or t- squad and management aren't really asked about, you're sort of looking, going, if you're going to make a break and sort of get a new manager in, the week break there is the time you do it with no international break for a few weeks. Um, I still think there could be a chance it could happen. Um, even with no game, the, it's, what he's doing now is just prolonging the inevitable. I think the writing's on the wall. I think yeah. he's a dead man walking, personally. And it's, um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it happens this week still. Well, let's, we'll, we'll talk more about Neil Harris after we get through this bit. I've kind of jumped ahead of myself there. Um, but let's talk about the admin first. Um, it's a good thing that there's a week now where players can get some rest. Um, I think that we've been crying out for a bit of a break where there is no game. But the annoying thing is that we're going to have to find um, another time to play Rotherham. Ben, you, you mentioned that they could have played it this week because we haven't got a game this week. Um, do you think with everything that's going on, we don't need fans there? Um, the players are already in Rotherham. That playing it today would have been a sensible option. It. I think there's a lot. You look at the other games. I like sort of um, Preston was an example. They brought out the orange line paint, which I was delighted to see for one. If they brought out an orange ball as well, I'd have been a very happy man just for nostalgia. But Rotherham do have some COVID cases in their squad. I think it's a very convenient thing, and it sort of shows the lack mm. of interest from the Cardiff fans. That it wasn't. It felt very similar to Derby, but a bit more snow. That's what I'm saying. But you could tell there was a lack of interest from Cardiff fans where the game was postponed. Everyone just went, "Oh, tidy." <laughs> I'll get on with my Saturday. <laughs> I, I think I think when I saw that there was snow and that the game was on at present, I just I think I tweeted something like, "Of cancel it, go on." I dare you. Just because like. <laughs> No, I think I think we're it's a weird time of the year anyway. I think the fatigue is setting in in more ways than one. And like a game against Rotherham away, nothing against Rotherham. It just doesn't I if it was an away game that we could have gone to, I'd have been all over it. But because it's Rotherham away that I have to watch through another stream, um, I just wasn't I have any enthusiasm for it at all. Um when when is it gonna fit in though, Tom? When's this game gonna gonna drop in the schedule? Hopefully post vaccine so we can go. Because I haven't been to Rotherham, so the New York don't, Stadium as well. Yeah, yeah. No, don't. Well, I'm gonna go. Okay? Mate, if I can go and go in, hole. It's a hole of a place. There are some lovely parts of England. There's some lovely parts of Yorkshire. Rotherham is not one. Well, I tend to like to go to shit those then. So you've made me even more excited. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but no, I I don't know where they're gonna fit it in. Is is the honest answer? I think I don't think this will be the the last game to be called off this year for weather or for COVID reasons. So mm-hmm. there's going to be a time in about a month and a half, two months time where there's going to be a, re- a real problem and some, some real fixture congestion issues. So I don't know. I think that's why it would have been sensible to play this weekend, but I, I don't know. It, it, 
I think there's there's going to be a nightmare ahead with all this. I, I must admit. But I mean, I mean, I think we're in the living nightmare already. Yeah, true. Okay, yeah. even more of one, a different type of one. Thank you, thank you. Now let's talk about the elephant in the room that is Neil Harris. We kind of touched upon it earlier, um, and I think uh, you know we've we've had a few weeks or a week or so since we did a podcast, the pre-Christmas podcast. Um, and Ben, you, you, let's start with you. Um, we, we've kind of veered on the side of Harris in up until now, I think, as a podcast, as a, a uniform view. But Ben, since the last time, are you Harris out or in now? I think he's got to go, and he. I think the writing's on the wall. The players have lost the fight. It feels very like this is a relationship in its last embers. Mm-hmm. The passion's gone. You don't look at each other when you make love. It's just all of those things are just gone. <laughs> I think it's Neil time for Harris. Harris to leave. Uh, Tom? I'm still in. Oh, I just, go on. Try and convince just, Ben. Edgy who, bastard. No, who else, though? Like, yeah, honest, that, like, that, that like honestly, like you can't get, that's the problem. So I said, get rid of him. And then it's like, what now? <laughs> and it's, I think it's, it's been, I know we're saying this over and over again, such a strange time. Mm-hmm. That I kind of want to give him a run of games where there's a full stadium behind him, and you know where we can actually help try and change a game and stuff as well. Because I think part of it is you can say like, oh, you know, it's flat. He's lost the dressing room. I think people have just got a general can't be asked attitudes because it must be weird going to these empty bowl stadiums and playing in front of absolutely no one week in week out, and then getting slated on social media for it. And it's just I think just give. I just, I'd like to see a normal season with him in charge where he's got a full season. And I, look, look how thin our squad is. I don't think it's all him. Like, you can say like, he needs to change certain things in certain games. We haven't got the people there to do it. Like, I, just, I, I feel sorry for the bloke. And I, I don't think it's all down to him. And to be honest, there's no better option out there at the moment to stick with it. No, I, 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 I think... Got... Sorry, I think when you say about the full stadium, I think we're at a stage now, though, where the mood is vehemently anti-Harris I think if you went to a stadium now if we came back now the vaccine gets rolled out magically in the next week and we were all back in the stadium for the next game um, I don't think the atmosphere would do the players any favours I think it's got to that stage where it's just yeah well I'd my, my, there's, I've got a, a, one school of view on this and another, another discussion point that we can talk about in terms of the replacement but there's there's a there's a real danger I think at the moment with the club that if they leave Harris in charge for much longer, there's going to be a point where the vaccinations coming in sort of you know March April time. There's a very real possibility that we'll be able to go back to stadiums and grounds next year. If you keep Harris in charge and you've already got people who are watching from home going, I don't even want to watch a stream, let alone renew my season ticket or buy a season ticket to go watch a Harris football team in the ground. The club are going to face a situation where when the season tickets go on sale, there might not be that rush to get season tickets. And then as much as people are going back to the stadium, the stadium's going to be half empty. Um, and I, I don't know if, that's a, you know if that's a consideration for the club when it comes to who they're picking as their next manager. If you keep Harris there in charge, are people going to be put off? Probably. Yeah, I think, I think it, has to be, it has to be a consideration with the current climate. It has, that has to be playing in their minds. Yeah. I think if you look at it from that business point of view, and and you know when you know when it becomes starts to become clearer when fans are going to be back, do you hold on to Harris for a little bit longer? Then, as it looks like it's getting rosier in the vaccine picture, get rid of him so there's a bit of a buzz around the fans. Bring in someone like Bellamy, <laughs> then everyone is absolutely buzzing for it, and then start afresh. I suppose like it depends if you want to do it for footballing reasons or kind of appeasing the fans and business yeah. reasons. Well, and I, I think. I, I, 
I've got kind of two schools of thought on the way they could do. This. There's, there's two options, right? If we get rid of Harris, the two options are we replace him immediately with with a, someone like I don't know Paul Cook, with someone like Slavin Bilic, if the, the finances allow, if whatever happens, or the club actually try and do something different, which is bring someone in who's going to have a, a long-term plan. And I think that person is probably Craig Bellamy. I, I know he's methodical when it comes to things like his his planning around clubs, but like. The, the tendency of this football club and the tendency of people in charge of this football club is to appoint someone quite quickly who is pretty much a temporary appointment. If you look back to, to when they got rid of Malky Mackay, it's been temporary appointments. Solskjaer came in, was here for seven months. Slade came in and was obviously the, the interim before we went on to the next person. Trollope was, what, three months? Warnock has never been a, a long-term appointment anywhere but Sheffield United. And now Harris, as the follow-on, was always going to be the transition appointment to the next person. So the club has two, there's two roads to go down. You carry on on that road and piss people off even more, or you actually take that time and have a couple of weeks where you consider who your next option is and try and do something different. I don't think Harris was a transition appointment, though. I think he was. I always I, sorry. It, it might not be the intention, but it always felt like that to me. I thought. I thought. I thought it was actually quite. I thought for once they were thinking about a manager who could start to bring youth through and put a plan in place. I thought Harris was that guy. I didn't see it as right. a transition one. I was quite excited by it in a weird way. But it, I always I felt think, like it was just Warnock. Warnock one point five, like he was going to be the person who's Neil. Just it's just because he's a No, but he was the only person who came in and went, right, this is what Warnock did. I can take us on to a certain level of the next yeah. stage, which is try and play a bit more football, but then he wouldn't be able to take us that whole hog. It's just the way I, just the way I saw it and the way I felt. I think with Bellamy, though, he's not going to be a long-term one either. He's going to see us as a stepping stone in the same way the Solskjaer would have when he came in. There's no way that Bellamy would come into this job thinking, that's, the, you know, that's me for the next five years sorted. If he wants to like make it a managerial career, he's going to be like you know, we're just there for it to start it and nothing else. I, I don't. I I from what I understand of, of what I've heard from the way Bellamy talks about coaching is that he likes to get fully involved with how it stems from the youth team all the way through to the the, the first team picture. And I think that's something that he might like to come in and do over three to five years. He's come in get to grips with the club, see the youth system through, start bringing some new people in, make a bit of a success of it, and then move on. That's still a longer-term appointment than anyone we've got had at the moment. But do you think any manager thinks that long-term ahead? I think at the moment, the current average for a manager in the Championship is 16 months. Oh, of course. There's it's, no it's man- there's no ma- there is no manager looking going, this is a three-, four-year project. I don't think ball- for fa- fans, especially Cardiff fans, I don't think we've got the patience for it. No, we probably don't, but I think, uh, but there, there seems to be from the fans. There seems to be uh, that's the, that's the dichotomy, isn't it? There are a lot of fans out there who are craving that initial success. I think if 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 you said to someone now, we can guarantee your manager is going to come in in January, and then over the next eighteen months you're going to get promoted. Every fan's going to take that, right? But I think if you were honest with fans as a football club, they said this is what we're trying to do. It might not happen in a year, but we're trying to build something here over the next four to five years that could ultimately give us that Premier League success if the club were honest and open about that and put us in a position where we could get to the Premier League and stay there but it would take three or four years I think most fans would take that as well so I just think I, you say I disagree because we try I just think we there's try. no transparency from the club sorry I lost my voice then at the end sorry we tried it with Trollope though don't forget there was that big statement that went out of the club's vision for the next five or six years that post went so it went so badly it was deleted from the website that post that yeah, because from the website. it worked because it didn't work then doesn't mean it can't work now. And I think Trollope was just the wrong person to do it. 
I don't disagree with that. I just don't think the club have got the patience or the knowledge or the ability to appoint someone with that sort of... No, but then be honest about things, right? Like, I think whoever the next manager is, if Harris does go, there just needs to be more communication about it. I feel sorry for Harris at the moment. This is my next point. Is that like over the summer, you had Dalman leading the charge for the Football League as being in turmoil. He was talking about everything, how there needs to be more money. Now that his football club is in turmoil, there's fuck all from him. He's fucked yeah. off, isn't he? Yeah, I think just yeah. fucked off. I think what you're saying though is far too sensible and it's never going to happen. I think it's almost too idealistic for us. Like, of course it, it is. It's just but ne- like, if we can't be idealistic now, when can we be? Yeah, fair. But <laughs> all right, fine. Yeah, but no, I know you, you're right about the club with the transparency. When they want to be loud and in the news and in the headlines for certain things, it, they're more than willing to put themselves out there, like Dalman did earlier in the season. But we've heard absolutely nothing recently. And I think the problem is whoever comes in are not going to get financial backing. And I think that's going to put off some managers coming in in yeah. the first place. And it's just hard to kind of do any sort of plan without any sort of financial backing. So I don't know. I just really don't see where we're going to go over the next few years because I, I think our our purple patch is over now, um, to be honest, with, with a couple of promotions we've had in recent years. I, I think last year was kind of, uh, I don't know, like an accidental playoff push that we managed to get. And I think that's the best we'll see for a long while, to be honest. Miserable, isn't it? Ben, do you feel sorry for Harris? Oh, 100%. Like, he's a, he, there's a lot of people that sort of slagging the bloke off personally, and it's not a personal thing. I think he seems like quite a nice bloke and sort of everything he comes across quite well. There's issues, and obviously he's under pressure, he's getting a bit snappier. But he seems like a tidy bloke. He seems like a decent enough guy. And yeah, you never want to see, like, I can't imagine how crappy he feels. Like knowing that he reads the papers and sort of avoids the toxic comment sections of places, like everything's just against him. Can't be a nice feeling. No, I mean it's. I, I feel it. I feel. I feel very sorry for him in a sense that he's having to lead these press conferences and basically, you know, as a manager, his job is to manage the football team and all that kind of stuff. I feel like the, 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 I, again, it comes down to the chairman and it comes down to the board. The fact that Harris is in these press conferences saying there is no money, things are pretty bleak at the moment, that shouldn't be coming from him. That should be coming from the suits are, are higher up and they should be kind of cushioning the blow for him. But at the moment, it feels like they're just leaving him hang out to dry. It's very telling of the personalities of some of those boards. I'm not bringing Ken Chu into this. Ken Chu's actually been quite about and sort of you see the stuff he does, talk about the Welsh government stuff. But someone like Mehmet Norman has been over the summer and during the promotion year and during the Premier League year on talk sport regularly, uh, speaking to Wales Online, speaking to the press, statements out regularly. You couldn't shut him up. He's gone a bit shit and he's going to be... In- I understand that there's a world economic crisis and it's not his only job. He's uh, They're under pressure all over, but you can't neglect it and sort of take all the glory. Then not expect a bit of criticism when the fans are piping up going, come on, you were here. You took all the praise. We sang your praises for getting us to the Premier League spending this money on this and that where are you now and what's the plan I think that's also, a very fair call let's not forget that Mehmet Dalman tried to buy another football club while he was still in charge of our football club so I mean it kind of yeah. says a lot about where his priorities are yeah um, true I hope Mehmet Dalman doesn't listen to this <laughs> get, a bit of a <laughs> get him on <laughs> get him on come on a pod Mehmet here's your platform um, um, I mean Tom you know you talk about who, who would replace him and, you know at a push I'm asking you now, if, if we get rid of a manager, who's replacing him? Well, we haven't got enough money to have Howe. We haven't got enough money for Billich. We, That's we, not what I asked you, mate. Just, just give me a name. Who, who, we're who, saying who I like... want or who we... You said who we're going to have, right? So Do, do whatever you want. I'm padding it out, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it, I think it does just point to Bellamy in the moment, doesn't it? That's the thing. Like, he's not going to ask for an extortionate amount of money because he hasn't got much managerial experience. He's, you know, he's he said the right things in terms of youth setup. He, he knows the club, and if you're looking to appease the fans, then why not bring in one of our most famous players? So, yeah, that's going to be Bellamy. I think is probably the one of the only viable options, or it will be someone like. I can't see it being someone like Mickey Flynn or anything like that because it's not going to appease the fans. And I think in the cycle of managers, it's got to be something that's going to cheer everyone up at the moment. So, hmm. yeah, Bellamy. Ben, um, I don't think the fact I don't think they the board know. That's the worry in it. Like we said, everything's been short term. I don't think they have a clue who they want in at the moment. Um, but for me. I think Bellamy's too much for a risk. I'd love it. I think it'd be carnage and it would end badly, yeah. but it'd be fun. Um, but I'd quite like to see Billich come in. But then there's no money. I would have said Billich otherwise, man. It's not fair. <laughs> well, Bellamy, I, think, I think can do it for free, is he? Let's be no, honest. That's true. That's true. Like, they, they're going to have to pay. If they want a successful manager, this is the other thing. The cheap option isn't there. Cook's the cheap option and it would be fun. And he seems like, again, another manager. seems like a lovely, lovely bloke, but it ain't going to inspire the fans. And I think um, the club... Uh, what about Bamba then? It's an option, but I don't think he's in line for that. No, because um, it looks like Cook's off to Sheffield Wednesday, doesn't it? So that oh, was, is he? It looks that way. So, oh, for God's sake, even even like our like last choice manager yeah. is going <laughs> the somewhere. Only one we know. It's like, yeah, sake. one option gone. Poch has gone as well to PSG. So that's uh, Rafa so. Benitez. Is he still available? <laughs> He's still out in China, isn't he? Yeah, I don't even know if he, who he's managing these days. I, I know he was in China, but I thought he might have left. No, he is head coach of a Dalian professional, not Dalian amateur. So that's good for him. Um, let's talk about some Twitter questions before we talk about January transfer windows and games coming up. Uh, Sean Collins says, what happens next? Is Harris really a dead man walking after talks with the board? The problem is no more. Obviously, that car- correlates with a lack of result. He's our front man, our danger man. Glatzel doesn't offer us that. Tom, is it is it churlish to rely on Kiefer Moore and Kiefer Moore only? It's all we got, mate. I think I think we thought that Moore might bring out the best in Glatzel, you know, just a bit of a rocket up his ass and stuff. But at the moment, we've got so little elsewhere in the pitch. We need someone to do something, all of it up top, and that's what Moore was doing. Really, he was he was winning the ball, he was holding it up, he was running the channels. He was an option from set pieces. He was just a general pain in the ass and a good finisher. And without him being in the team, I think he was kind of papering over cracks, really, wasn't he? He was, yeah. you know, he was getting us out of trouble in games and um, where we weren't really getting a foothold. And I think I don't think it's a I don't think it's a case of Glatzel being bad. I think it's just the fact that he can't get us out of those holes the way that Moore can. Um, He's a different type of footballer, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. And we expect him to do the same job at the moment, um, and he can't. So I think. I think we have to just put all our eggs in the Kiefer Moore lovely haired basket, to be honest. Yeah, he's got lovely hair. Um, he also went on to say, Sean Collins said, also, would you, who would you sell in January if a good offer came in for some players that who would you happily sell? Murphy, Flint, Cunningham, Glatzel. None of them are really offering us anything. So swap them out. And hopefully new younger replacements. We'll talk about transfers in a sec. Uh, Gonzo McKenzie, my nephew was delighted with the Cardiff shirt I sent him for Christmas. He lives in Leeds. We all hate Leeds. Um, Conor Griffiths in previous interviews Harris has said about there being no point in signing a free transfer right back as it would be a waste of time and not the speed for a few weeks but here we are 15 games later with no fit right back hopefully Harris can start the window with a positive sign and we can kick on from there no chance also what are your thoughts on playing Murphy as a striker poor man Ollie, Ollie's Wat- Ollie Watkins not as good as Ollie Watkins but Ben worth a go as a striker surely 
I, I think in the tennis sort of way, we've said before, you've been a big advocate, haven't you, Ben, of playing in, in have, that mate. role? Bloody have. And I think it's a, not a bad option. Um, you can't slag the bloke off for 300, for, for sort of his lack of appearances and then not give him a chance and try him somewhere. So why not give him a go at 10? We're struggling for options here as it is. Yeah, we'll, we'll, come to, we'll come to Harris's comments about Murphy in the January transfer window section. Um, Nathan LCCFC, would Harris still be in charge if COVID wasn't a thing, i.e. if the club had more cash available, would they have got rid after the Wiccan game? Tom, do you think... I, I kind of wonder if, with fans being there and with you know people being able to boo and stuff in the ground, would he have gone even maybe a, a bit earlier? There's a possibility of that, I think, because it's just... It's a hell of a lot more clearer to the board when you've got... You're confronted with that toxic atmosphere, yeah, aren't you? it's right in front of you. You know, you can avoid social media. You can't avoid 20,000 people. To, actually, they might not turn up to the games, they might not see it. But, you know, you, you can't really avoid just 20,000 people booing. And I think, yeah, there's a chance he would have gone earlier, but then there's also a chance that we wouldn't be in this situation if the COVID situation wasn't there. So, you know, it's all ifs and buts. But I think if we were playing that badly with fans in the ground, I think he would have gone by now already. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Milo Davis, and uh, this is kind of separating the older and younger fans here. It's an interesting question, though, and I'll come to you on this one, Ben. Is there a generation divide between City fans and the way we look at the club? People my age whose first memories of City are the Dave Jones era versus those who are older who've seen this piece of shit for longer. Do younger fans have an inflated and realistic expectation of the club? Might also be why Twitter seems so reactionary negative. There's a high proportion of younger fans in that games. Uh, I'll come to you on the first part, Ben. Do you think there is that kind of generation divide? Oh, massively. Um, you take my missus, for instance. Her first game was the first game in red, um, Huddersfield. She's only sort of known relative success, like two promotions, um, Premier League campaigns. She's, she's not known anything but that. Same as it goes for Wales. She's only known as qualified for competitions and sort of hasn't known the hike of losing 2-0 to Azerbaijan at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think there is. Some people don't realise how lucky we've had it. Sort of early 2000s sort of things were on the turn, really, weren't they? There was a bit of up and down. But probably for the last 20 years, things have been more positive than negative. I think it's in my time supporting the club, it's been more positive than negative. Tom? I think it's overplayed, the generational thing, because I think... To the kind of fans like who live run by me, who are slightly older, they went Harris out more than some of the younger ones. And I think, I th- yeah, I, j- I just think it's overplayed. There's some people who, who see us as a big club and some who are just kind of happy where we are, not going bust. Because, you know, I, I'm relatively young and I'm not crying out for that success. But I'm kind of a 50-year-old man trapped in a 28-year-old body. But I, th- I, th- I think the generational gap thing is overplayed. I, I, I think there's there's... People who definitely want him out to a 70 years old and 17 years old, and there's people who want, want him in, and there's people who are happy being in the championship, and there's people who want us in Europe. So, well, we all, we all want us in Europe, but you know, but realistically, um, so yeah, I think it's I not asked about Europe. Oh, right, they, oh, well, I want to go on a trip. I would go Wales, for yeah, that. yeah, I do. Oh, I don't know, yeah, I'm happy with Gillingham away. I, I think I, I remember my, my, my early days in the kind of mid, mid to late 90s when I mean, we were, I think we were basement division I think I remember one year we got to the playoffs and lost 1-0 to Northampton I think it was in the first round of the playoffs um, in division three and I thought it was the best season ever because we got to the playoffs and it was just like that's world class we got to the playoffs so I, I think I'm, I'm I, I think I do think there's a slight generational gap in a sense that there are but I, I don't know if it's generational I just think it's two groups of fans as you say Tom there are people out there who 
don't really see success as intrinsically linked to supporting a football club. And there are people out there who only want success when it comes to supporting a football club. And I think that the tasters of the Premier League in the last few years probably heightened people's appetites for success. And I think it depends what you want, what you use Cardiff, Swan Cardiff for as well. Like for me, I find I love going to the games and going to away games. And I'm not asked if it's Man United away or Luton mm. away. Do you know what I mean? So as long as there's football to support, as long as it's not a complete toxic atmosphere when you're there, I'm quite happy anyway. So I think I'd love to see us be successful, but I'm not going to be shouting for a manager out no matter what happens, to be honest. So I, I, think, I think it's just a personality thing than a generational thing. And do you shout for the manager out? No, I don't think I've ever called for a manager to be sacked. Um, do I think Harris needs to go? Yeah, but I'm not calling for there him to be sacked. There it is. <laughs> I wouldn't. I hypocrite, didn't you? No, I was answering like Harris. Yeah, 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 yeah. very good, mate. Very good. Um, also, I think other point might also be why Twitter seems so reactionary negative. I just think people don't. I, I think we talked about it on a pod recently. People don't have the buffer, do they? They have a twenty-minute yeah. cooldown period where they go from game to the car or game to the pub, where they then forget about tweeting what they were going to tweet. Now people watch the game and they're on Twitter. Literally, I know a lot of people watch games in the ground when they're on Twitter as well. Um, but they're, they're literally watching it on one screen and tweeting on the other screen instantly. So their anger just goes straight into Twitter. I think it's that's a reflection of the world, though. And I think the world's yeah. become a lot more impatient once a lot more instant success these days than sort of in bygone eras. Mm-hmm. But again, you've got to look at what is success. I think sort of what Milo's sort of getting at is perhaps the younger fans see successes get into the Premier League, where slightly older fans see successes Cardiff being after the doldrum days of being sort of division uh, league League One, League Two, being in the Championship and State Championship side, look, that is success after some of the stuff they've seen in their lifetime. And yeah. realistically, you look over the course of Cardiff's history, we're a second division club and sort of we're at the level we are. So anything above that's a bonus, anything below it, we're doing poor. Yeah. Um, the final point from Twitter was Burnsy saying, have a day off, enjoy your Sunday, not much positivity around Cardiff City. So, no. <laughs> that, just, um, that, that reply came in and I started giggling. I proper made me laugh that. Just have a day off. <laughs> just, just, well, I no, mean, I don't we want... have six days off from this in the week anyway. We, we do this one day a week. Do you have any questions for us? Have a day off? No. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 made me, that made me question the appetite for this podcast. We're definitely going to be one down on normal, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, he's not listening. Uh, January transfers, then we've got Forrest. I've done a quiz and we've got the view from the Hall of Fame. An absolutely jam-packed episode this week. We're going to be over an hour. I can, I can sense it. Um, January transfers, Ben, we've got no money. This is what Harris has said. But he has talked about shifting some players off to balance the books and bring some players in. Um, we're kind of at a point where we're looking ahead to the end of the season. There's a few contracts expiring. Uh, Bennett, Hoyle, Cunningham, Bamba, Harris, Mark, not Neil. Plus, you've got a lot of loanies leaving the club as well. Um, it feels like a beginning of a sort of a natural turnover. Are, are there any of those contracted players that you'd shift now in a bid to, to free up some funds? Any we can get rid of to bring new faces in, to be honest. Um, I think that's going to be the attitude of the club as well. Realistically, though, I don't think many clubs are going to charge, going to come in offering premium money for players with six months left. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of them would be happy to either take them on a free and say, we'll take the contract now or um, wait until the summer. So, no, then. No. <laughs> well, yeah, Tom? I'd like I'd like Hoylet to go, Cunningham. 
I'd even get rid of, as, as much as it kills me to say, I I would see Bamber off. Yeah, he's on a big wage, and he's not playing. Tom, uh, we can't afford to let anyone go because we're not going to bring anyone in. I think that's. Well, no, but, but this this is the whole point is that he said yeah. we get rid of some players. Do you not listen? And I did listen, but I <laughs> I know. But if we get rid of players, we won't bring them in anyway. That's the problem because we, we we saw it before. We we saw like other oh, likes of Patterson going out and stuff. Say, so, oh, we must have bodies coming in. We had a couple, but it wasn't like we had an influx, was no, it? Like, no. I think the <laughs> we're not going to go up this season, and we're we're not going to go down. So I, 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 w- I would, yeah, I know. Yeah, as soon as I said that, felt that come out of my mouth. I regret it. But you know, I I think there is Deadwood in our squad. But at the moment, I'm not even sure we've got enough youth players to fill the squad that, just to get a team out. So I think it'll just be a case that these contracts will run out. We'll get no money from them. And it'll be just rebuilding from scratch again, won't it? That's yeah, kind of exciting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a, few, a few people have kind of pointed at Josh Murphy as someone who could be shifted on. Um, I think Celtic were linked with him either in the summer or about a year ago. Um, I, I don't think anyone's going to be coming in from now. I think they'll probably be waiting until the summer. Um, Ben, Harris, I know we, we briefly touched on it earlier. Harris has singled Murphy out with criticism in advance of the Rotherham game, saying that he needs to do more. Um, what, what's your take on Murphy, really? Uh, will we say, could we play him at number 10? We're crying out for some pace and creativity on the wing, but no one seems to trust Josh Murphy. Whose fault is it that Josh Murphy is failing? Josh Murphy's. Wow. Wow, unbelievable. I can't believe you'd say that. <laughs> no, I just think, look, it's not, he's, Harris isn't the first man to try and get a song out of him at Cardiff. He's clear, there's clearly issues, whether it's on or off field, that are affecting his consistency and his performances. You can't rely on someone that isn't going to play for... That you've sort of tried... If, if you've given him a long enough time to play and he's not performed, then you've got the issue. But there is also the answer, the argument of, like it says in the notes, 300 minutes of 3,000. He's played 10% of the, game, 10% of the time mm-hmm. on the pitch. You can't really judge him on that either. But in, off previous runs, I think it's sort of his... It's sort of already been like the die's already been cast, hasn't it? It's there in black and white the to phrase. see. He's not consistent enough and not someone you can really rely on. Tom, would you like to see him get a bit more game time? I mean, oh, why, at, why this stage, at this stage, at this stage, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 give me ninety minutes. See what I do. No, but um, I, I think why not? Like, well, is it that funny? The concept of me playing, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I was, yeah, it is actually. Yeah, it would be absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but yeah, why not throw caution to the wind a bit? Because it's not working at the moment. And I, I think his comments were naive when they were saying that he hasn't done enough cause he, when he's on the pitch because he hasn't been on the pitch. I think he's forgotten that he hasn't actually played him. But give him a go. <laughs> Nothing else is working. I don't think we'll get much out of him because, like you said, we've had this conversation over and over again how do we get the best of jo- Josh Murphy? Perhaps we've, I think we've seen the best of Josh Murphy. Perhaps um, it's, a whore point. it's a hallmark too, isn't it? Yeah. We're just waiting it, for him to come good. It just feels like one of those play- The The one thing, it was the same with Kadeem Harris with me, where I was worried that once we got rid of him, he'd then hit the ground running for someone else and come back to haunt us. But that didn't happen. And I, I, just, I just don't think Josh Murphy's as good as we hoped he would be. And I think yeah. Yeah, his good days are behind him. Oh, poor Josh. I really like him. Um, so there's... Players coming back, we've, we've talked about Big Aiden Flint and his elastic hammies. Um, we've got Tom Sang. Um, uh, Harris has said that there's a chance that he can come back and actually have an impact. I mean, I mean, Sang's a midfielder, so where does he fit in in, in terms of the current squad, Ben? Who, who does he replace? 
No one. He's not a defensive midfielder. He's not that anchor man defensive deep line midfield that we desperately need. So he's just going to get on the bench and barely play. Um, you're not going to put him ahead of Volks or Rolls, are you? And then Bakuna comes in when we get a right back or I say Tutu becomes fit. Fourth in line. What's the point? You may as well stay at Cheltenham and actually get some games even if it's off the bench. What about Pack? Does he get in ahead of Pack? No. It's bad. It's like Pax, Pax, Pax being off form, but Christ, you can't say justify for a couple of bad performances sticking someone that's played and played averagely for Cheltenham ahead of him. Well, I mean, we kind of, Tom, we looked at Mark Harris at the start of this season. I know he's had one good game. What about big Aiden Flint, Tom? Does he come in and get a game? I mean, he's not, he's, he's still got something to offer. Perhaps Aiden Flint, he's got pedigree. He scores goals. He's, He's not a bad defender when he wants to be, but does he does he get in at all, even with an injury crisis? Yeah, probably at the moment with the injury crisis. Yeah, but I think it says a lot about a, a central defender when one of the main reasons he's a goal threat. You know, I think that would highlights. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that could be our tactic. You know, we're dangerous from set pieces. Like no, well, no exactly. matter how many you score, we'll score more from corners. Yeah, Aidan Vick play up front. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. He's useless, isn't he? He's a bit of a cart horse. I'm really negative at the moment. Really like negative. Me, but, really um, negative. I just, I don't know. Is that... okay at home, mate? <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Let's not do this on air. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. Yeah, I think he is an option because um, we haven't got many others. I think we might need to bring him back in. But going back to the Sang one, I think he could offer something because we've we've got like three. Was it three or four midfielders that we constantly play and we just rotate them? I don't think it'll harm anyone by putting another one in that merry-go-round of central midfielders that we got going. And if it doesn't work out, convert, convert them into a right back like Bakuna. Give us yeah. another another option there. Why not? Also, his middle name is Roy. So oh, that's class. good. Tom, Tom Roy Sang. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a good, good name. Good name. Um, to, to round off the January transfer chat. Um, is there anyone you've got your eye on signing, Ben? Is there anyone out there you'd like to sign? You know, we need a right back. Is there any right back out there that you want? I can't think of any that come to mind, and that's a worry. And that's a difficult thing for the club scouting system. But I think the two key areas for us are a right back and a uh, centre, a, a central defensive midfielder. Uh, Tom, you answer just the question. Bring back Gunnison. Bring back Gunnison. That's a good idea. I'm just going to look on transfer market the free agents at right back. Tom, is there anyone that you want to sign? I was just kind of looking at it and just then putting random names in. I was like, oh, Danny Rose. Oh, no, he's just been arrested for dangerous driving, so he wouldn't be an option, bringing him on loan or something like that. But I don't know. You've got like names flowing about like uh, that Taylor Howard Ballas from Man City. He's a young defender. He might be he's good got the bench an option today. just to bring in. But he's, yeah, he's like 18, though, so we can't really pin it on yeah. him. But I think, I think we still need, as, as well as, well, I think I regret saying I wouldn't bring Chris Gunter back because right now I would have brought Chris Gunter back. Um, He's but, flying for Charlton as well. They love him. Their fans absolutely yeah, love him. Christ, yeah, he scored. But um, it, does not, it doesn't seem to be that many right-backs out there. And I think we are struggling attacking-wise as well. So, you know, you've got the likes of Rabi Matondo that have been linked to Stoke. And that feels He's like... He's for Stoke by the looks of things. Yeah, yeah, by the looks of things. And like, I think Scott Johnson said on Twitter, it felt like an open goal for us a bit. And it kind of was. Like, Cardiff Bourne used to be... But why? There. He's shite. Is he shite, though? I think... I think... Mate, Sh- look at Schalke. The Schalke fans can't stand him. Yeah, he's but Schalke quick. is shite. Schalke yeah, is exactly. dreadful. He's shite. Him. He's, he's, he stands out in a shower of shite. <sighs> it's, um, I really don't... Like, there's a lot of Wales fans like, he's quick. He can't pass the ball. He can't shoot. He'd fit in. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, he's no better than not though. It's not an open no, goal. It's I, just I, I think can't he's be slightly better than bringing him in. Uh, I don't know. I think he's slightly better than what we got. To be honest, I wouldn't but, put him ahead of o- who he, he gets in ahead of who Ojo and Wilson. He might uh, be a bit better than Murphy. Try yeah, try him up front, doesn't it? Just yeah. <laughs> or right back. No, but I then but like I don't know. It's an accessible business. Like he, Swansea, we don't, like we don't, have, we don't have those options, do we? We can't bring. You know, we used to have Nathaniel Mendes Lang to bring off the bench, who was quick yeah. and did not do Now we don't. Well, get him in. Yeah, but I think I think that's the thing. I think we need. It's worrying because we need attackers and defenders at the moment. But like Ravi Matondo aside, you've got other people flowing around like that. Uh, Michael Oberfemi with, uh, with Southampton, who looks like he's going to Swansea, mm. or someone like Charlie Austin. I know we we kind of dismissed the beginning of the season. It's an option like a pain in the ass up front like he's not getting game time like at the moment otherwise we're, we're dipping down into league one and then we might end up with a kind of Owen Doyle situation again do we go for someone like Luke Jeff got a Plymouth that Arborist have born like striker who's doing all right but you look at league one there's not like there's loads of strikers there you've got the likes of Cameron Jerome and McGinnis floating around in the in the top scorers in that league it just seems to be there's an overall just lack of options like there's not much quality out there for us to bring in that we can afford. And, well, uh, just looking at free agents at right back, there's Ezekiel Shalotta, who's at Brighton, Kieran Freeman, who's at Sheffield United. He's Welsh. Um, mm. That's it. Jazz Richards. Bring Jazz Richards back. <laughs> Good to come with. Uh, Cicinho, I think he's played for Real Madrid. Bakary Sadnia, he's on a free. Like we joke about it, but it wouldn't surprise me to see someone like Richards come back. Genuinely yeah. wouldn't, because it's just... Get injured in his first fucking week. <laughs> Yeah, but what else is there? Look, we haven't got a right back in the academy. Cameron Cox chose Sully Hill over Man City. It's, it's, all, it's also quite telling that Harris has said that if we were desperate at right back, we would play someone like we would play someone like Cunningham or Bennett there. And we're at a point now where we're desperate for someone at right back, and he hasn't tried Cunningham or Harris uh, Bennett there. Because you can't play you can't play left back at right back. It's just so awkward. It's just an easy, easy thing to target. But again, Bakunas needs things to suck as well, so I don't know what I'm saying. Well, exactly, yeah. It's just, we need a right-back, we need a proper right-back in, and if the club don't sign a right-back, they're fucking naive. I th- I well, think it's a, we're not going to sign a right-back, are we? No, <laughs> yeah. a, I think it's a pity we didn't bring like someone like Sanderson back in in the end. I think I, I think I said I don't think he was good enough, but he, at least he's someone. He's an option, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like people are that, and I think... Yeah, I think we were just very naive not to sign a free agent or a loanee at the beginning of the season. I think, obviously, it's a pity with us happening to Osei Tutu. Like, what's happening mm. with him now? Is he close to fitness? He's or? back on the pit. I think he's back on grass, isn't he? I don't think he's too far off. See, I felt like we've heard that before, though, about it, and he just hasn't come back. Because it was only meant like, to be a couple of weeks, wasn't it, at first? A, yeah, it was meant to be a couple of weeks, and I think he's got a, a setback. But it's like Isaac Vassell, isn't it? Isaac Vassell yeah. has been a couple of weeks away from full training for about a year now. Two years. Two years, yeah. yeah. God, pathetic. Um... Good, great, glad we covered that off. Lovely, really excited, (laughs) really excited. Right, we've got the FA Cup to look forward to. Ben, do you care about the FA Cup at the moment? I love the FA Cup. I just don't care about this game. I think, like on the whole, I think the FA Cup needs to rework. You need to seed, don't you? Seed the teams to stop draws like this happening. Because look, Forest don't care. We don't care. I'm shaking my head. Neither us want to play. Don't you start seeding the FA Cup, mate? Don't you ruin the magic of the cup? It's making them more magic, isn't it? It's not forced magic. It's forced magic, man. All magic's forced, you fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) um, No, I just, I, I, I do love the FA Cup. 
I, I like it as it is. And I, I, I think even though I was disappointed with the draw when we got Forest, you know, you, you're hoping for either a minnow or, you know, a glamour tie, even when you can't go to the game. But like even in the lead up to this, it turns into, oh, we've got a chance of getting through for this round now. It's a team that's like us. Yeah. And I think I, I went from disappointed to like relatively excited again, thinking if we get through this, then who knows again? I guess, I guess the question I would ask is, were you disappointed, Ben, that we played Barnsley in the FA Cup semi-final in 2008? It's different on though, isn't it? The th- the th- oh, now rounds. it's different. Now it's it is, isn't it? Different. The, t- the further the further you get, it's more exciting. But the earlier rounds, they can be t- something needs to be done. Because look, if this was if this was like fans at the game, if this was the first game back, right? Everyone's vaccinated. You can have full attendance. We'd still only get about six thousand. <laughs> but if you seed it, Ben, does that mean you're missing out on g- games like Marine, the lowest ranked team in the round, playing Tottenham? No, that's what you'd get more of. I thought the seed, I thought seeding would be that you keep t- ties like that apart because you get you give preference to the better teams. No, you do like top the split in half, so the higher ranked teams would be drawn against lower ranked teams. So you're encouraging more of those games than you are yeah. than getting rid of. So it, well, it that, that makes more sense than seeding it, like because the traditional format of seeding is is the better teams get better preferences over. I know what you mean now. I was confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I like the fact that the cup means you can play anyone at any point. Yeah, same. I think I don't like the north-south divide in the league cup, wherever it is as well. I I don't just kind of. I I just like cup tournaments being a free for all, and you could you you could have a shit run or a you know an easy run, and you could play anyone home or away. I like that because it's so exciting when you start there for the draw, isn't it? It's just and the good thing about this game is that the BBC has shown it live on the website, so you don't have to pay for it. Are they? Oh, are they? Yeah. They're showing every game. They're showing every game. Uh, uh, All 32 FA Cup third round times we broadcast live for the first time. Fantastic. BBC. I miss football on BBC. They, they, I just, yeah. well, actually, there's something special about their coverage, isn't there? It might be on BT, actually. I'm just reading it now. There'll be a stream to There'll not be stream. use illegally. The game will be on somewhere. <laughs> uh, predictions before we get into the quiz. Ben, are we beating Forest? Yeah, why not? They're pretty garbage, Tom. They're poor. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we'll be in one now. Lovely, lovely stuff. Right, I've got a January transfer window quiz for you guys to get your teeth stuck into. Um, get your pen and paper ready. Ten questions with a couple of bonuses sprinkled liberally throughout. Tom, you don't like it when other people do the quiz, do you? Oh, no, it's, um, no, no. Uh, I feel the pressure. No, I, I'm not very good with transfer windows and years and stuff and... I don't know much about Cardiff, to be honest. I'm kind of blagging this. Um, what what is our nickname? Like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Steve. Uh, right, should we just dive straight into it? Go for it. Question one. In January 2004, Cardiff City made their first ever January transfer window signing by spending £75,000 on a winger. Who was that winger? Is this put before both your times? This yeah. was like... Just as I was getting into it, this is like very, very early days for me. You'll be pleased to know it gets more modern as the quiz goes on. That's the oldest question. And January... January 2004, it was our first ever January transfer window signing. Um, it was £75,000 on a winger. Who was that player? I actually think I know. Um, next question, question two. Julien Ndumbu Nsungu joined Cardiff in the January window of 2006. From which club did we sign him? 
Say name again. Gulen Ndumbu and Sungu. Oh, my IT project. For which club did we sign him? And then the bonus question for, for Gulen is how many goals did he score for us? Oh. Which club did we sign him from? How many goals did he score for us? Question three. In January 2007, Cardiff signed three players on loan. One of those players was Simon Walton. What piece of equipment did he destroy after seeing red in a 1-0 win over Leeds at the end of that season? He got sent off and he kicked something as he went down the tunnel. What was that piece of equipment? There's a point each on off for the next one. Um, because there's three players you want to get. This is more of a general general transfer question. Question four. In the 2007-2008 season, sorry, we signed three goalkeepers across the season. One in the summer, one in October, one in January. Name all three goalkeepers that season. What season was it, sorry? 2007-2008, the FA Cup season. We signed a goalie in the summer on loan for the season. We signed a goalie in October on loan. And we signed a goalie in January on loan. The worst thing is, I did a goalie quiz earlier in, the, or like last year, and I can't remember. I always get the FA Cup year and the last year at Indian Park confused with the goalkeepers we signed. Yeah, exactly. Because we same. went through a spell of yeah, signing like 6,000. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Question five. In the 2009 January transfer window, Cardiff signed Quincy Awusu Ubei on loan for the rest of the season. But on which TV show did he announce that he was signing for us? <laughs> Cardiff signed Quincy Awusu Ubei. Is it Bay well, Station? Uh, it was Men and Motors. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't Men and Motors. January 2009, we signed Quincy Awusu Bay on loan for the rest of the season, but on which TV show did he announce the signing? Right. More, more your era now, I reckon, boys. Question six. I've skipped a window because we didn't actually sign anyone, I think, in the 2010 January transfer window. In the 2011 January transfer window, we signed two players who would go on to become two of Malky's favourites. Name them. And for the bonus question, what do we pay for each player? You'll be kicking yourself if you get this wrong. Um, so when, when, when was this? Sorry, January? 2011 transfer window, Dave Jones last season. We signed two players who would then later go on to be well-treated by Malky Mackay. Um, name them. And then for the bonus point, what do we pay for each player? I got that one. <clears throat> Question seven, I've skipped ahead here. Uh, I've skipped ahead to Ollie's first and only January transfer window with us. Uh, he did a lot of business. Kenwin Jones was signed from Stoke in exchange for which Cardiff player? It was a straight swap. Easy. Ken's got this easy. Easy, oh. Tom, easy. We swapped Kenwin Jones with Stoke for who? Oh, I think... Um, do I know? Find Just out. write something. I was writing it down. Um, there are three points on offer for this question as well. Uh, question eight. To atone for Ollie's mad transfers, 
Russell Slade oversaw a clear-out in January 2015. We released several players throughout that season, but which three players left in January 2015 specifically? We released them, they signed for other clubs. There were three players in particular who left in January 2015. A point for each. A point for each. Question nine. One more to go after this. Cardiff signed Ken Zahor on the last day of the January transfer window in 2016. Cardiff signed him from, is it KV Korchik? Korchik. Uh, Korchik. Uh, Tan's Belgium club. But when had KV signed Zahor? There's something quite unique about this transfer. So we signed Zahor on the last day of the January transfer window, but when had he signed for Korchik? I know this. And there are two points on offer for the last question. Question 10. In our promotion season, Marco Grujic signed on loan in January from Liverpool. Which two other players did we sign on loan during that window? Oh. Which two players did we sign on loan alongside Grujic in that January transfer window? What year, sorry? The promotion year. Oh, the promotion. January 2018, I guess that was, wasn't it? Yeah. I know one of them, I can't think of the other one. Oh, you might kick yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Any more questions you want read back out? The bicentennial man. I've had a mental blank on that one. Write some names, guess them. Who wants the answers? Yeah, go for it. Question one, January 2004, Cardiff signed their first ever January transfer window signing. It was a £75,000 winger. Who was it, Ben? Paul Parry. Paul Parry. Paul Parry. Can't remember the chant, but it was Paul Parry. (laughs) Question two. (laughs) Ghislaine and Dumbu and Sungu joined Cardiff in the January transfer window of 2006. Which club did we sign him from, Tom? You did a project on the man. Darlington. Darlington it was. And for a bonus point, how many goals did he score, Ben? I put three. Tom? I put two. None. Oh, what the... (sighs) It was a trick question. Uh, Right. Question three. January 2007 saw Cardiff signed three players on loan in that transfer window. One of these players was Simon Walton. What piece of equipment did he... Smashed it up. Oh, question three. I said question three. I just said question four. It's question three. Yeah. Um, yeah, Simon Walton smashed a piece of equipment up after being sent off in the game against Leeds. Ben, what did he smash up? Um, I changed, I'm changing my answer here because I just remember what it was. I think I remember what it was. Was it a microphone? Nope. Tom? It was, it was the thing you hold up to announce the subs. Digital subs board. And a fun fact, we couldn't afford to replace it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened the rest of the season, but I remember that quite well. Uh, question four. Uh, we signed three goalkeepers in the 2007-2008 window. One in the summer, one in October, one in January. For a, a point for each, Tom, name the first one. I've just Can I just read the three? Because I don't know what order. I just, put three. I just put Irwin, Sack, Enkelman, Schmeichel. Two out of three, Ben. Ooh. Uh, Enkelman, yep. Schmeichel and Turnbull. Yep. Ben's got three out of three. Nice. Rossi, Rossi, Turnbull. Champions League winner, Rossi, Turnbull. 
that's how I remembered who it was. I was like, I, this is the guy that won the Champions League for Chelsea, and I couldn't remember his name for ages. Slavovin Sack. <laughs> he, he might have signed that season or the season after, but... Um, he, he, it was yeah, season he, after, wasn't it? I think. I think it was the season after. It was I the last year at Indian Park. It was the last year at Indian Park. Talking about the last year at Indian Park, we signed Quinty Awusu Bay on loan for the rest of that season in January. Didn't really play much, but on which TV show did he announce the signing, Tom? Up at SMTV Live. <laughs> <laughs> ben? Soccer AM. Soccer AM. Oh, I, I, could, I could not think of a logical answer. <laughs> I thought that was quite logical just as like a guess. I just, yeah. Um, I, I didn't think football programme at all. I was thinking what the different news things were called, like around London. And oh, Question sorry. six. We've jumped ahead to January 2011. We signed two players who would go on to become good friends of Aki Mackay. Um, and there's a bonus question for how much we pay for each player. Ben, who have you got for this? Uh, John Parkin and Declan Kiernan. Yeah, Tom, did you get that? I've got, yeah, same. Uh, and what do we pay for each player, Tom? I put um, Declan Keenan was free and John Parkin 100,000. Parkin was 100,000. Declan Keenan apparently was £300,000. Okay, I'll take that. We get a point for each of those. Then we're skipping ahead again to question seven and Ollie's first and only January transfer window with us. He sent a player to Stoke in exchange for Kenwin Jones, Ben. Who was that? Uh, it was Peter Odden Wingy. Drove himself there, apparently. Yeah, he did, yeah. Day ahead of time. Um, and then Tom, question eight. We, we had to get rid of some players in January 2015 because we had such a mental transfer window the year before. Uh, three players left in January 2015 on three transfers. Who were they? I went Dali, Birgit, Eichgrim. One out of three. Oh. Ben? Uh, I've got Bergstrahler, Birgit and Kimbo. Three out of three, Ben. Oh! oh! I wasn't sure ask- about Kimbo. I was, wasn't sure if it was Kimbo or Ikram for the last one. I knew the other two. No, I think Ikram had left a couple months previously. Yeah, um, he got... They all got released. Oh. Question nine. Ken's a whore signed for Cardiff on the last day of January transfer in 2016. We signed him from KV. Say that again, Tom. Kutrik. Kutrik. Tan's Belgium club. But Ben, what was unique about that? When had KV signed him? That day. They had indeed. They signed him that day. They signed him from OB in the morning and sold him to us in the afternoon because we were trying to circumnavigate a transfer ban. <laughs> and the club put a statement, we're definitely not trying to circumnavigate we're not, a transfer We're not ban. doing definitely anything not. Wrong. Nothing. This is above board. <laughs> and then the final question, Tom, I'll come to you on this one. In our promotion year, Marco Grujic's I can never say his name, Grujic, joined on loan from Liverpool, but which two other players did we sign on loan during that window? I genuinely didn't put anything down, I had a mental blank. Ben? Barrison. I've got one, the other one I know is wrong. Uh, Yannick Wilchett. Yep. And I put Feeney, but it definitely isn't Feeney because he signed in the summer. He did sign in the summer. It was, everyone remembers this one. Come on, guys, Jamie Ward. Oh, oh it was! Oh, I'm oh. completely fine with not remembering that. Yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> like two games. But very forgettable. Two games was at the front of like the window for the celebrations for like everything for the promotion. I can have a look at how many games he actually did play. He, apparently, he made four appearances. Four appearances. Um, I don't know who against, but four appearances for us. Total up your points, but I think I know who the winner was. I got fourteen. Ten. Oh, it was a tough one, though. That's I'm, I'm happy with 10. That's yeah. effort, though. Ben wins. Right, no, no. let's round it off you... with a view from the Ninian Hall of Fame. Whose okay, nose is um... what's like? 
I don't think it's mine. <laughs> right, Maybe View from the Union Hall of Fame. Fame. Where did we where did we leave the View from the Union Hall of Fame last time, Ben? Uh, last time it was we announced the winners on the pod that you didn't do with us. I didn't do it. Because you it. were stalking because you were stalking Bradley Dak. Um, I can I remind you of who won if you'd okay. like. <laughs> Wasn't on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what's uh, where are we in terms of rankings? Uh, Tom's in the lead. You're six. second. I'm third. What is that, like six four two? No, I think it's six four four actually, or six four three. Six four three. Six four three. Uh, Wooga, it's getting close. Right, you from the Indian Hall of Fame, Tom. You're in the lead, so you can go first. Well, I thought you know we've had a bit of snowy weather, uh, so I went for say Olafinjana putting snow on his head and doing the Ayatollah after scoring against Coventry City on Boxing Day 2010. I absolutely loved Say Oliver Jana. I thought he, he just seemed to have the ball at his feet. He wouldn't move anywhere and he beat five blokes. I didn't understand mm. how he did it. He, he was just a classy, classy player and just seemed happy all the time. Yeah. Uh, and then when he just saw he looked like he'd never seen snow before and just picks it up, puts it on his head, does an Ayatollah and jogs off. I was like, what, what a lovely, lovely man. So, yeah, I've gone for the say Olafinjana Ayatollah Snow thing. Was that Coventry? Was that Boxing Day against Coventry? It was Boxing Day. Yeah, yeah. I remember that game because it was the best I think I've ever seen a goalkeeper concede three or four and still play with Westwood. He was unreal that day. Yeah, yeah kept, I... kept it a two 0 didn't he? In the end, when it should have been a hell of a lot more. It was like yeah, Olafinjana and Bellamy. I think that was. Why well, yeah. not be a quiz question? That'd be good. But, right, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's mine. All right, Ben. Um, I've gone for a man that everyone knows and loves at this club, a club icon, a man that deserves a statue built out of him. Um, I am going for Die Hunt and his iconic Santa hat that he wears. Don't know why he wears it. It just felt Christmassy, and I think it'd just be a nice thing to put Die Hunt there. Who doesn't like a bit of Die before? the game kicks off and then being sat nowhere near him at after the game's kicked off. To anyone who doesn't like? know, to, to, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know who Die Hunt is, there might be someone. I'm, I'm sure there isn't, but who, who is he, Ben Price? Die Hunt is one of the most well-known Cardiff City fans, I think, of all time. Um, former Cardiff City um, manager, um, let, gave an inspirational team talk at Kevin McNaughton's testimonial for Kev's team which they then went on to win as well coincidence I think not um, I, I had the misfortune of just being sat next to Die after that directly next to him for that game fucking horrendous <laughs> <laughs> but he gets a lot of mocking by me just then maybe from you yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let's give him some credit and let's put that Christmas hat into the view from the Indian Hall of Fame wow it's not going and in that there win, and if that doesn't <laughs> win next week I'm nominating his carrier bag yeah, so I love his carry bag. <laughs> I just love the fact that he introduces, like, I remember being at a game where Ricardo Schimmicker had just signed and Die Hunt took it upon himself. I think I've said this before on the podcast to introduce him just to random fans. <laughs> it was like, uh, Rick, this is John. John, this is Rick. And like, Ricardo Schimmicker's like, who are you? <laughs> I enjoyed it anyway. I think um, right. one of my favorite things with it was walking into, like, sort of when the players come in and John Parkin just telling him to fuck off. 
John. No wonder you didn't last long at the club. Diane had your number seen, mate, and we're getting rid of you. Um, I'm going for my uh, nomination this week um, has been downvoted from uh, a nomination about the game itself to all this one particular moment because the boys were scared that they were going to lose. So it's FA Cup week. Um, Everyone remembers the the famous FA Cup tie when we beat Leeds in an upset um, in 2002. Uh, but the one particular moment I've highlighted from that game is Sam Haman walking around the pitch against Leeds in the FA Cup because he just decided to take it upon himself to go behind the goal right where the Leeds fans were, just as we were kind of putting the pressure on Leeds, trying to score, and he basically instigated a riot. Um, and I think if anything summed up Sam Haman in a moment, it was him going behind the goal to do the Ayatollah to the Leeds fans before we scored to then start a riot in probably the best FA Cup tie I've ever been to. Um, so that's going in. I mean, I think... It's a, it's a seminal moment and it's worthy of the view from the Indian Hall of Fame. I don't disagree. I, what I do disagree was the fact that a little peek behind the curtain here, when we did the Hall of Fame, we sort of said we'll do this. We sort of had a gentleman's agreement not to go big. We wouldn't go for the most obvious, big sort of picks because we know they're certain to win, which is why I've gone for a random man's hat and Tom's gone for someone putting a bit of snow on their head. <laughs> gentleman's agreement though isn't it like it's not, it's not in the spirit of the game it's not against the rules but it's not in the spirit of the game it's, it's unsportsmanlike oh my god precious boys yeah yeah exactly so ben when will the vote be taking place uh it will be taking place wednesday because there's no game this week so wednesday lunchtime um there will be a poll out and you can all vote for sam Haman walking around the pitch that's it he said it listen to the man sam Haman's got to win which is the only time I'll ever say that ever again. I was going to say, do you feel dirty <laughs> saying that? Yeah, I'll stand the bloke. Um, and that's it for this bumper view from the Ninian. We're, we're looking at an hour and 20 minutes, boys. Who knew we could talk so much? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure people would be happy with it, but there we go. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they're having. <laughs> um, right, we're, we're going to beat Forrest next week and we'll be back on Sunday for an FA Cup Roundup podcast when Harris will still be in a job. So, Ben, see you then. Bye. Tom, see ya. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and